0: Welcome to 5th Admission. I'm Chronicle staff writer Dominic Fricasa. Janine Paiste Ponder, a 59-year-old Oakland nurse treating COVID-19 patients, died on July 17th after contracting the disease herself. She told her colleagues she tested positive just four days earlier. She left behind her husband and two children. More than 100 California healthcare workers have been killed by the coronavirus. A grim tally that's fueling impassioned calls for hospital executives to do more to protect their employees. For months, healthcare workers have complained of a lack of access to testing, to being forced to reuse personal protective gear, and to take a host of other risks as they go about their jobs. The public has hailed frontline healthcare workers as heroes, but many feel more like sacrificial lambs. Chronicle staff writer Mallory Mensch joins us now to talk about this story. Mallory, this is such a sad story. First of all, what can you tell us about Janine?
1: Well, it really is heartbreaking. Um, Janine was a wife. She was a mother of two daughters, two young women. Uh, she had been a nurse for more than twenty-five years, and some of her fellow nurses that I spoke with said she was funny and feisty and compassionate. They said she was would give everything for her patients. She was the the kind of nurse that they wanted to care for them and that they wanted to work with. Um, they described how recently, as she was caring for COVID patients, um, she would be so intentional to make sure that families could connect with their loved ones um, if if someone was in the hospital near the end of their life. And they, at one instance, she even brought a wife who had also tested positive for COVID-19 into the hospital room so she could say goodbye to her husband. Um, one of her daughters also said she was really godly, always giving of herself for others, and she did attend a church in San Leandro.
0: There was a vigil uh, today for her, correct, at the hospital where she worked, Sutter Alta Bates Summit Medical Center in Oakland and Um, Can you tell us a bit about what that was like?
1: Sure. So um, at least 100 people, maybe even a couple hundred, gathered outside of the hospital. It looked like a lot of hospital employees wearing their badges, wearing their scrubs and masks, and other community members, including Janine's husband and two daughters. Um, They were clutching hands as the the crowd observed a moment of silence. People were raising, they didn't have candles, their cell phones to honor her. Um, And some of her coworkers spoke just sharing about how much they missed her, how they, they couldn't believe that they were actually um, there to, to honor her memory. We will not let her, her tragic death fall on deaf ears. We cannot. We owe this to Janine. We all need to speak out. We all need to be forceful about what we need to protect us and protect our patients. And there was uh, a sign there as well that said, "Janine, rest in peace," uh, with a picture of her. Some people were holding pictures of her with dozens of flowers and uh, a pair of white Crocs uh, marked with uh, it. Actually, said written on it in Sharpie, "R.I.H." Um, which uh, someone said uh, had meant "rest in heaven."
0: Mm-hmm. So how are you know particularly Janine's fellow nurses at that hospital uh, along with others who who might have known her kind of in a professional capacity how how are they taking this news i mean obviously they're they're devastated by this but as you know as we know the notion of the risks that the risks that healthcare providers are being forced to take here is something that, you know, nurses and other frontline workers have been, you know, just absolutely screaming about for months. So what was the reaction like in in that sense? I, I would suspect that there's a lot of, you know... A lot of anger and frustration, perhaps mixed with the sadness.
1: That is true. I think there were a ton of emotions that people were expressing. Like you said, firstly, just devastated, just grieving um, the loss of their friend and their and their colleague. Um, but many also did seem frustrated. Um, they seemed angry. Uh, they seemed scared as well. Um, speaking with some of the the nurses and. Um, uh, a nurse there who also uh, works for the union said she got a lot of messages from people. You know, they're worried about their own exposure. Uh, they're worried about whether it'll affect them or affect their families. Um, and they're, they're tired as well. Like you said, this, is, this has been going on for months, you know, living in this stressful environment. Um, so some said that, um, unfortunately, they felt it, it was a, a repercussion of, of things that they have been protesting about for months.
0: We're going to take a quick break right now, but when we come back, we're going to talk more with Chronicle staff writer Mallory Mensch about the death of an Oakland nurse from COVID-19. Stay with us.
1: We'll be right back after a short break. You can support Fifth Inmission and the newsroom that creates it by signing up for unlimited Chronicle access at sfchronicle.com slash pod.
0: So Mallory, let's let's zoom out of this, you know, this one tragic story a little bit and, and talk about the the bigger picture. Why is it that nurses and other healthcare professionals don't feel like they're getting the response they need from hospital officials? Why are these calls so enduring this far into the pandemic?
1: Well, it is complicated because uh, healthcare workers and some of their employers uh, sometimes differ on, say, how much PPE, personal protective equipment, is enough and and how much is needed to keep uh, workers safe. Uh, So hospitals will will say that they are following um, Centers for Disease Control and Prevention CDC guidelines. So that does allow for reusing N95 masks. That um, encourages hospitals, you know, if there's a shortage of testing to test only employees that are symptomatic. So they say they're following the guidelines, but healthcare workers, like we said, they're scared, they're frustrated. Um, they, they would like more. They, they want more to be able to protect them and to reassure them. Uh, so some of these decisions are, uh, driven by the reality of supply, uh, say PPE supply or of testing supply, um, and also CDC guidelines, some of which have, have been changed during the pandemic to, from the way that things were done before the coronavirus. Um, so healthcare workers, um, are still not happy about that, still pushing for that, um, and, and scared, uh, just wanting to have the best protection that they can have.
0: What has the, the response been from the executives at the hospital where Janine worked? Have they weighed in on this? I mean, obviously they're hearing the same things that, you know, many of Janine's colleagues were 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 telling you what, what, what if anything, have they come back with since then?
1: Right. Well, most of the hospital systems have pretty strict uh, HIPAA violate or HIPAA privacy laws. They don't want to violate those, so they couldn't offer any information specifically about her case. Um, but they did say that they said they're well prepared to care for patients. That staff are supplied with N95 masks and other appropriate personal protective equipment. They say they do have enough supply to meet that demand. Um, and they did emphasize that they are testing healthcare workers who have symptoms, which is what some state and county guidelines are, and it's also what a lot of other medical facilities are doing. Um, so they, again, reassure that they have enough. Uh, the key factor is that healthcare workers sometimes differ on how much is enough.
0: So what about at, at Janine's Hospital in particular, again, in Oakland, that Sutter-Alta-Bates Summit Medical Center? Um, um, you spoke with a number of her colleagues who said, you know, this could have been me. You know, this 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 could have been any of us. What are the things that they're calling for at that at that particular hospital? Do they kind of echo the some of what you've talked about already about more PPE, more testing, especially asymptomatic testing? What are they calling for? You know, as a as a a a sort of what are they calling for now in the wake of Janine's passing?
1: They definitely are calling for um, more of those N95 masks. Some wanted to see them for for all nurses, not just those that are treating um, COVID patients, which is usually the policy. Uh, They wanted everyone to get tested regularly. Uh, They also wanted to make sure that COVID patients are separated from non-COVID patients, um, which is something that is is done at at other hospitals. Maybe they have a separate COVID unit. Um, In Janine's case, um, nurses and the the supervising nurse in charge of that unit said that um, one nurse is caring for five patients and they can be COVID and non-COVID. So they might be putting on different PPE, going in and out of different rooms. Um, So a number of those nurses felt that they wanted those patients more separated um, so that they could manage the PPE better and uh, keep things streamlined.
0: You know, are we, if you, if you zoom out all the way, at least to the, to the state level in California, I think as your, as your reporting indicates, you know, we're, we're closing in on 20,000 healthcare workers diagnosed with COVID-19. I mean, obviously given their proximity to the disease, you, you know, you, you'd understand them being a particularly vulnerable population, right? But I, I wonder, you know, and, and, and of course we've seen now over a hundred deaths in California uh, among healthcare workers from COVID. I mean, are we seeing any sort of progress on this front or, or do, do you have any sort of data or indication that might tell us that, you know, healthcare workers are, you know, not being infected as a greater percentage of the population or have or, or things just more or less been the same over these past couple of months, sort of sort of flat or or, or even increasing among that particular population?
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, the numbers have definitely been rising. That being said, that obviously, the numbers all over the state have been rising. So we're can't... in
0: a surge. After yeah, all. exactly. Yeah.
1: exactly. So I can't can't speak to um, if it's rising at at a higher rate. Um, Infection rates among employees at different hospitals differ. Uh, So there's been some outbreaks where it's maybe 4% of the employees, some where it's only 0.3%. So in some cases, it's a a small number of the total employees who are actually infected. Um, And and hospitals say, well, we, we feel like we have more protective equipment than what people might be wearing out in the community. Um, healthcare workers, you know, of course, feel that they, they are at higher risk in their jobs.
0: You know, I guess, culturally speaking, we think about nurses and we think about the people who, you know, treat the sick and the infirm at hospitals. We think of that as as a selfless profession that that may well deserve being, you know, called heroic, especially in times of catastrophe like this one. But you do see increasingly the, the sort of a a pushback, um, from healthcare workers about that kind of designation saying, that's all well and good. If you want to, you know, applaud for us every night and, and call us heroes, that's, that's fine. But we're telling you what we need and and we're not getting it. I mean, I mean, they're just uncomfortable with that moniker. I just I'm curious after your your reporting today and just being exposed to all of this raw emotion, you know, could you talk a little bit about that, that sort of pushback against the, you know, you're you're a hero, but we're not willing to give you what you need to do your heroic work. I mean, that, that that just seems so, you know. Absolutely frustrating for someone in in a in a position like those who are grieving Janine and 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 you know maybe Janine herself. Do you know what I mean?
1: definitely yeah, i think what i hear from, from nurses and from people on the front lines is that they they love their jobs they they want to serve people um, they are you know they did volunteer for this profession they want to do it but then they say that they didn't you know necessarily sign up for this one said you know we didn't sign up to to sacrifice our lives you know as though, as though they're going off to war just because no one necessarily um you know expected that that they might see this when they decided to be a nurse um, so people are, are willing to be there they say you know I know the risk that I'm taking um, I want to help people that's why I do what I do but I also want to try to mitigate those risks and I want to be protected to the highest extent possible so that they can stay safe so that their families can stay safe so so they don't uh, infect other people in the community uh, so they they acknowledge that you know this is this is part of the profession but also this is un- unprecedented and um, like they said they they didn't sign one said today we didn't sign up to be martyrs
0: wow well Mallory thank you so very much Mm -hmm. uh, for your reporting and uh, for bringing us this story thank you our thanks again to Mallory Mensch for uh, being our guest today to King Kaufman for producing this episode and of course thank you for listening we'll see you next time